بسم الله الحمد لله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا سورة الأعراف is one of the longest مكي سورس consisting of 206 verses it was revealed towards the latter part of the Meccan phase when the persecution of the believers had reached its peak the central theme of this surah is the timeless conflict between Iman and Kufr and what the final result of this conflict always is and this is illustrated through the example of the previous prophets we see scenes in this surah from the story of Adam, Nuh, Hud, Salih, Lut Shu'ayb and of course Musa alayhi salam. The opening of the surah sets the scene with a rally to the Prophet to remain steadfast in his call and not compromise and a reassurance of what the final end of this conflict will be. اتبعوا ما أنزل إليكم من ربكم ولا تتبعوا من دونه أولياء قليلا ما تذكرون Follow what has been revealed to you from your Lord and do not follow other than him any allies. Little do you remember. وَكَمْ مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ أَهْلَكْنَاهَا فَجَاءَهَا بَأْسُنَا بَيَاتًا أَوْهُمْ قَائِلُونَ And how many cities have we destroyed? And our punishment came to them at night or while they were sleeping at noon. فَمَا كَانَ دَعْوَاهُمْ إِذَ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا إِنَّا كُنَّا ظَالِمِينَ And their declaration when our punishment came to them was only that they said indeed we were wrongdoers. The next verse then is a stern warning. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not only question the people to whom the message was sent, but he will also question the messengers themselves. A reminder to the believers and the Prophet to remain steadfast and not to compromise. Then we will surely question those to whom a message was sent and we will surely question the messengers. The surah then transitions to scenes from the Day of Judgment and then to the conflict between Adam and Iblis. There is considerable focus in this story on the story of Adam. Allah elaborates on how Iblis deceived Adam, how Adam fell into error and repented, and Allah forgave him. The dua which is alluded to in Surah Al-Baqarah is actually mentioned in this surah which Adam and Hawa, Adam and Eve made. قَالَا رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِلْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And they both said, O oh, our Lord, we have oppressed ourselves. If you do not forgive us and have mercy upon us, then truly we will be from the losers. In other religions, it is Eve or Hawa who is the primary uh, person responsible uh, for being misled and for eating from the tree. But in the Quran, it is clear that they have joint responsibility. And if anything, Adam has the greater lion's share of responsibility as the head of the household. When we look at this dua, we notice some amazing characteristics the actual request for forgiveness is implicit it is understood from the uh, dua itself what is explicit in this verse is recognizing uh, in this dua is recognizing the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and recognizing your own vulnerability the majority of the duas of the prophets come in this form in the form of madh and thana in the form of praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and glorifying him either by mentioning the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or by mentioning your own vulnerability and weakness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The actual requests are implicit. This should give us a lot of reassurance that providing we fix our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows what we need and He will respond to us always. We also learn in this passage where Adam is mentioned, one of the main strategies of Iblis 
is to encourage obscenity and exposing the private parts of human beings. Within this short passage of Adam alayhi salam, there are seven separate references to the prohibition of all types of obscenity and the obligation of modesty, shame and covering up. Now one of the secrets of the Qur'an is that whenever Adam alayhi salam is mentioned, you will also find a mention of Musa alayhi salam. Why? Well, they share two important qualities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to them both directly and also they both debated with each other. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned an authentic hadith which in itself is a miracle where Abu Hurairah narrates that Adam and Musa debated and Musa said to him, O Adam, you are our forefather, but you have deprived us and caused us to be expelled from paradise because of your sin. Adam said to him, O Musa, Allah chose you to speak with him and he wrote the Torah for you with his own hand. Are you blaming me for something which Allah decreed for me 40 years before he created me? Thus Adam won the argument with Musa. And the Prophet ﷺ repeated again, Thus Adam won the argument with Musa. Thus Adam won the argument with Musa. It's important to note from this hadith that Adam does not use qadr, destiny, divine destiny, as an excuse for his sin. The debate is not about the sin itself. The debate is about the consequences of the sin. Adam salam emphasizes that the consequence of his sin was Allah's decree. It was Allah's decree that human beings be expelled from paradise. He does not use the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to justify the sin itself. The matter of the sin is done and dusted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. Nobody can now come and question and argue. But the consequences of the sin, that's the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The story of Musa alayhi salam is described vividly in this surah with particular emphasis on the magicians. They are described in some detail in this surah. And they are described as people who are very materialistic in the offset. In verse 113, قَالُوا إِنَّا لَنَا لَأَجْرًا إِن كُنَّا نَحْنُ الْغَالِبِينَ قَالَ نَعَمْ وَإِنَّكُمْ لَمِنَ الْمُقَرَّبِينَ the magicians come and they say to Pharaoh when he gathers them for a contest with Musa and Harun, they said, will we have some kind of reward uh, if we are successful, if we defeat Musa and Harun? And Pharaoh responds, Naam, wa innakum lamin al-muqarrabin. Pharaoh offers them money, but he offers them something far greater, which is to be in the corridors of power. This reminds us, when you enter the corridors of power, it is a great test and a great trial. You should be constantly checking yourself, checking your intentions and checking your actions. And you should also be surrounding yourself with advisors who advise you towards good. The story of the magicians is also very significant for the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. They too were being tortured. These magicians, once they see one single miracle from Musa, they transform themselves. As the surah goes on to say, وَأُلْقِيَ السَّحْرَةُ سَاجِدِينَ قَالُوا آمَنَّا بِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ رَبِّ مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ The magicians uh, flung themselves into prostration and they said, we believe in the Lord of the worlds. We believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. Look at this transformation. One miracle transforms these people who are highly materialistic, 
who are deceiving people, who are using their illusions to give Pharaoh uh, a sense of being supernatural. They were the linchpin of Pharaoh's society. But seeing this miracle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, once Iman enters their heart, they are transformed completely and they are willing to give their lives for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an important message for the companions of the Prophet The surah also ends with a prostration and there is beautiful synergy in that in the middle of the surah or towards the beginning, there is the description of the prostration of the magicians and towards the end of the surah, there is, the, there is a prostration which we must all perform. And this is the first prostration in the Qur'an. You also find in this surah the description of the people who transgressed the Sabbath. Compare the example of the magicians from Bani Israel to the people who transgressed the Sabbath from Bani Israel and how they played games with the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how they mocked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands and attempted to find loopholes in the command. They were ordered not to fish on the Sabbath and instead they set the net out the night before and then collected the fish the day after. In reality, the fishing was taking place still on the Sabbath, on the Saturday. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes that when they did this, there were a group of believers who simply stood off. They didn't join them, but they didn't criticize them. And then there was a third group that criticized them and called them to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns that it was only that third group that was saved from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The imagery in this surah is very binary. There are two sides, truth and falsehood. You have the conflict that the prophets had with their people described in black and white terms. You also have vivid scenes from the hereafter where the people of paradise dialogue with the people of hellfire. It's not just the physical punishment that the people of hellfire have to endure, but it's the psychological punishment of hearing the people of paradise condemn them and remind them that they used to call them to Iman, but they reject it. The name Al-A'raf comes from high walls, which are described in this surah. وَعَلَى الْأَعْرَافِ رِجَالٌ يَعْرِفُونَ كُلًّا بِسِيمَاهُمْ وَنَادَوْا أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ أَنْ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ لَمْ يَدْخُلُوهَا وَهُمْ يَثْمَعُونَ In verse 46, and between them, meaning the people of paradise and hellfire, there will be a partition, a high wall, and on its elevations are men who recognize all by their marks, meaning they recognize the people of hellfire and the people of paradise. And they call out to the people of paradise, Salamun alaykum, peace be upon you. They have not yet entered it, but they long intensely. Who are these people who will be standing on walls between hellfire and paradise? Ibn Kathir explains they are the people whose good deeds are equal to their evil deeds. So their evil deeds prevent them from entering paradise, but their good deeds prevent them from entering uh, hellfire. And they are suspended on this wall. But from the context of the verses, it is clear that they hope strongly to enter paradise. And from the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them, it is clear that they will enter paradise, inshaAllah. This uh, syncs beautifully with the central theme of the surah of the conflict between good and evil and the binary nature of this life that you have to choose a side. Even these people whose good deeds are equal to their evil deeds Ultimately, they will come down on one side and they hope strongly, they long intensely to be from amongst the people of paradise. 
هذا وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته